Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. So Joe Biden signed his putrid law that he's been pushing, 51 to 50 in the Senate, 220 to 217 in the House. Let there be no mistake that every Democrat voted for it, every Republican voted against it. This is a massive spending bill further destroying our energy independence, further destroying our fossil fuel industry, further subsidizing billionaires and millionaires and corporations while they pretend that they care about the little guy. The Inflation Reduction Act has nothing to do with reducing inflation. Another lie, another distortion and perversion of the English language. We've reached a point in this country, it's not new, but it's gotten ridiculous. We're passing laws that fundamentally alter the relationship between the individual citizen and their government. In a way, in a way that is detrimental to the individual citizen and empowers the government. Is celebrated. Is considered progress. Fundamentally altering the country. That's an achievement. Attacking our economic system, attacking the fossil fuel system, attacking our drug industry, attacking our our baby formula industry, our meat processing industry, attacking our sovereignty by refusing to secure the borders, attacking our constitutional system, separation of powers, the Supreme Court, Supreme Court justices. This is progress. Aborting more babies and aborting them on demand and aborting them even though the science says they're actually human beings. That's progress. That's a civil right. 
And that's where we are. Joe Biden is now going to travel the country talking about how the Republicans who voted against this monstrosity are actually for the special interests. He's the one subsidizing the oligarchs, big tech in Silicon Valley. He's the one subsidizing the teachers unions against the parents and the children. He's the one subsidizing these massive nonprofit Democrat slash Marxist organizations to bring endless lawsuits. He's the one subsidizing illegal immigration. He's the one subsidizing communist China by forcing you to purchase electric vehicles that have batteries that require cobalt, 70% of which is produced in Congo, 100 of that 70%, 100% controlled by the Democrats. Excuse me, yes, communist Chinese Democrats, what's the difference? Time to celebrate progress. He's been dying to sign this thing. The stupidest man to ever serve in the Senate, the stupidest man to ever be vice president, and now the stupidest man to ever be president has his hand around the throat of the golden goose. When things go south, when they go sour, he blames Putin. Big oil. Big capitalism. But when things seem to be going better, by his view, he takes all the credit. His plan did this. And what is his plan? To spend and, excuse me, to spend and borrow on tax like a drunken Marxist. That's what he does. And he expects you to vote for him and vote for his party. Because he's for the little guy. Can't you tell? You've been to a grocery store lately? He's for the little guy. You have a baby that uses formula? He's for the little guy. When you go to your school board, when school starts again, it just did for many, and you you dare to speak out, and his attorney general targets you with the FBI, it's for the little guy, don't you know? It's for the little guy, the middle class, hardworking Americans, which is why two million illegal aliens are going to cross the border this year alone. It's for the little guy. That's why it's going to unleash 87,000 new IRS agents against you. They're not needed for 700 billionaires. They're needed for you. We're the low-hanging fruit, and he intends to pick it. Small businesses. Middle-class Americans. The overwhelming majority of audits have been done against you in the first place. You think they're going to stop? And what about inflation? Not only does this thing not address inflation in any positive way, it adds to it. In the last 30 to 40 days, the Democrats in Congress have spent another trillion dollars. Another trillion dollars. You don't think that's going to catch up with the economy? You think the economy can be legislated away? They pass a law and that fixes things? 
They pass laws and it destroys things. There's a reason why the Constitution places limits on the federal government and on each branch of the federal government. There's a reason why I say we live in a post-constitutional America. What kind of Congress has the power to manipulate our lives this way? A bureaucracy. A president. To manipulate our lives this way. The question isn't what are the limits on government. The question today is what aren't the limits? They're involved in everything. Employment. Unemployment. Pensions. Food, the air, the water. What goes in your house, what goes on your house, where you can build your house. Your car, they're now engineers. Your truck, your boat. What else? Everything. There are even stickers on your washing machine, your dryer, your washer. Government approved. Your light bulbs, your ladders, the tires on your car, the engine in your car, the parts to your car, the paint, the roofing, the government. What goes into your car in terms of gasoline? Whether it has ethanol or not. Oh, yes. Everything. Everywhere. What else? Government is the biggest landholder. It's the biggest leaser. It's the biggest insurer. It's the biggest employer. It's the biggest employee. It's got more weapons than the private sector. The government is massive. What isn't the government involved in? Oh, yes. And it's all good, all righteous. All to the positive. Have to control the people. Have to control these private companies. Have to control entrepreneurs. Have to control thought. Have to control discussions. Have to control competition. Have to get everything and anyone out of the way of the government's mission. Another omnibus bill. With ominous outcomes. More spending, more borrowing, more debt, more massive interest, more redistribution of wealth, more war on one part of the private sector or another. My people, for the most part, who've never worked in the private sector or have never succeeded in the private sector, but they wish to control it. And yet, if we had to rely on the government for water, we would die. If we had to rely on the government for food, we would starve to death. If we had to rely on the government for housing, we'd freeze to death in the winter. If we had to rely on the government for our sustenance, there would be no sustenance. We are now the servants of the government. There are no more government servants. We are the servants of the government. 
That's where we are. And now law enforcement is being used. Law enforcement is being used to enforce the will of the ruling class. People are actually starting to ask questions now about this warrant that was used against President Trump. Was it too broad? You don't say. I wonder where they heard that. Or that the grabbing of all the documents and so forth at Amar Largo seems to be unconstitutional. Oh, you don't say. Or that, of course, no president's ever been charged with violating the Espionage Act. We've never gone here before. This raises serious constitutional questions. Really? Where did you hear that before? Where did you hear that before? Oh, in January 6th. It's supposed to be the worst day in America. No, it's not the worst day in America. That's right. And where's the line between challenging an election, whether you choose different electors, whether you raise questions in Georgia, whether you encourage a secretary of state to make recounts between politics and criminality? We've never done this before. It's all brand new. U.S. Attorney Biden appointee, Attorney General Biden appointee, Deputy Attorney General Biden appointee, Associate Attorney General Biden appointee, Head of the Criminal Division Biden appointee, DA in Atlanta, Democrat, Attorney General in Albany, Democrat, the January 6th Committee, Nancy Pelosi, Democrat, that's her committee. The Democrat Party hates America. That's why bills like this, this omnibus, ominous bill, is pushed through in a week to ten days' time before the people can tell their representatives what they think about it. That's why the border's open, even though the people don't want the border open. It doesn't matter what the people want. It's a farce. I'll be right back. Mark in. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, Reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Donald Trump Jr. will be on the program in hour three. I don't believe he's spoken out yet since the Attack on Mar-a-Lago. They don't like the word raid. How about attack, Mr. Producer? 
the attack on Mar-a-Lago. I want to thank all of you in this listening audience, all you Levinites, for watching Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, this past Sunday. We were number one on all of cable news for the entire weekend. An amazing almost 2.2 million viewers on a Sunday at 8 p.m. up against preseason football. It's unheard of, but that's because of you. And the fantastic guests that I have on this program. And uh, this has become a fairly regular occurrence because of you, because you watch it almost religiously. You record it on your DVR just in case you won't be there. And I, I just want to tell you, we uh, very much appreciate that. And as long as you keep watching, I'll keep doing it. So I want to also thank the staff and the crew, Life, Liberty, and Levin. All the congratulations, Mr. Producer, that poured in from Fox as we do this on a fairly regular basis. So many congratulations. I don't know what to do, Mr. Producer. My texts, emails. Western Union. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Over at Just the News, Boomerang, Department of Justice admission it overcollected evidence in Trump raid creates new legal drama. Ladies and gentlemen, stick with us here, as do the legal analysts and various platforms and so forth. They follow what we say here. Three passports, privileged documents, a file on a presidential pardon. As evidence services about what FBI agents seized during the raid. No, the attack on former President Donald Trump's estate of Mar-a-Lago. New questions about what took place surface. The Department of Justice informed Trump's team Monday that agents gathered the former president's passports. By the way, CBS News announced that that was fake. Of course, CBS News is fake. And are obligated to return them and that officials are also reviewing seized materials that may be covered by various privileges, multiple sources told Just the News. Where did you hear that first? About attorney-client privilege. DOJ has designated a process for separating materials that could be covered by executive privilege or attorney-client privilege and hopes to return such memos to Trump within a couple of weeks. I would say to President Trump's lawyers, I hope you're listening very carefully. I hope you're taking notes about what's going on. You can challenge the original subpoena. You can challenge what was taken. Much of it may have been tainted. Uh, You can challenge the application of the Espionage Act against a president who removed documents and took them to Mar-a-Lago. But when he removed them, he was president. I'll be right back. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever. And it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. 
To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin, radio's hell-raising intellectual. Call now, 877-381-3811. Ladies and gentlemen, we spent a good chunk of yesterday talking about general warrants. Writs of assistance, but general warrants, I like that better. And what was issued by this master in Florida was a general warrant. What was approved was a general warrant. What was executed was a general warrant by the Biden administration. I don't want to go over all that territory again, although people come and go when it comes to radio and TV. But a general warrant, and now they admit, that is, the government, that it over-collected evidence. Now that's a very passive phrase, isn't it? Over-collected evidence. Over-collected evidence? Now, ladies and gentlemen, the warrant itself was so broad you could drive a dump truck through it. So much for judicial review and oversight. Basically, any document or anything that President Trump may have touched or read or was read to him or received, whether he read it or not, while he was president of the United States. It's not enough to say, oh, look at this, the Espionage Act, and we have the obstruction law, and we have the... Which don't even apply. But still, that C, item C, which gave the FBI, the federal government, the power that doesn't belong to the federal government under the Constitution to grab everything in sight. That is exactly what the FBI did, and now they talk about Over-collection? They over-collected evidence? Mr. Producer, have you ever heard of that phrase, over-collected? They broke the law. They violated the Constitution. That's what they did. They didn't over-collect. They seized paper, things, from a former president for which they had no legal authority. No constitutional authority. And the judge had no authority, by the way, to approve of that particular warrant. Judges, believe it or not, they have to follow the Constitution as well. Kevin Brock, who served as FBI Assistant Director for Intelligence, that's a senior position, under former director Robert Mueller, said the new revelations raised legitimate questions about over-collection of evidence that could lead to a significant legal challenge. Trump lawyers are weighing whether to ask a federal court to name a special master to review sensitive documents or protect the president's Fourth Amendment executive and attorney-client privileges. They suggested this, did Trump's lawyers, to the Department of Justice, and Merrick Garland blew them off. Now let's spend a footnote amount of time on this. Merrick Garland is the hand-picked attorney general of Joe Biden. Joe Biden, who is a politician who wants to seek re-election. Merrick Garland should not even be involved in this. He should have recused himself a long time ago. He has the greatest conflict of interest probably in modern American history. 
But so what, he says. And no, I won't allow a special master to review the sensitive documents and protect the president's Fourth Amendment rights against an unreasonable search and seizure. Or as executive and attorney-client privilege documents, we have our own methodology here in the United States Department of Justice. We build this phony wall between sets of lawyers, and they'll go through it. We just overcollected. that's all. We just decided to take a peek in the first lady's closet. We just decided to grab everything in sight, even though we'd been there two months earlier. And we pretty much knew where the classified information was. But of course, this was a backdoor effort, as I've said over and over and over again in the backbenchers regurgitate to go after January 6th and anything else they can. So Mr. Brock, again, who served as the FBI Assistant Director for Intelligence, big job under Mueller, he says, Trump's attorneys could have a runway to argue the scope of the search is overly broad. Where did you hear that before, Mr. Producer? Search warrants normally require a level of specificity that seems to be missing in this warrant. Specificity is important in order to protect Fourth Amendment rights from exuberant government overreach designed to find whatever they can. Wow. I want to salute Kevin Brock, former FBI Assistant Director for Intelligence, for being courageous enough to speak out. The legal analysts are almost there. I heard a couple of them today. They're almost there. Brock said he was particularly troubled. FBI agents felt comfortable seizing a record of Trump's pardon of longtime friend Roger Stone, which the Bureau disclosed in court documents. He said it suggested the raid may have something more to do with the January 6th Capitol riot probe, where Stone has been a figure of interest than an investigation into classified records. Where have you heard that before, Mr. Producer? You heard that, of course, in hour two of my radio show when this first broke on a Monday, August 8th. President's authority to grant pardon clemency is clear. But what isn't clear, he says, is why the retention of a clemency order would be considered illegal, Brock said. The fact that it's highlighted on the receipt list and that it has to do with stone will likely provide ammunition to Republicans we're asserting that the search was less about a document dispute and more about a hunt for derogatory January 6th information. And the revelations came on a day when Department of Justice also opposed requests to unseal the FBI affidavit explaining the motive for the search, arguing such a move could imperil this and other investigations. No, they prefer to leak. Selectively leak, cherry pick, and lie. Remember the first leak to Newsweek that Garland didn't know about it? Oops. Remember the leak to the Washington Compost that it was nuclear-related? Oops. It's a fishing expedition. And Brock agreed that the search warrant included a stunningly broad scope of targeted evidence and wanted and warned it could be a chilling effect on past and future presidents. And this is what the Democrats, the media, Biden and the rest don't give a damn about. This apparently makes a novel legal assertion that any presidential record kept by a former president 
is against the law. You have to wonder what the other living former presidents think about that. They have the right and apparently clear desire to remain silent. I brought that up as well. This guy's sharp. Good listener. What does Obama have in his many mansions? We're going to take his word for it? What does George Bush have? We're going to take his word for it? What does Dick Cheney have? We're going to take his word for it? What's in Rehoboth Beach? And elsewhere in Wilmington? We're going to take Biden's word for it? We're going to take Obama's word for it? You get my point, America? We have no idea what they have. Whatever they say is of no consequence. The archives didn't give a damn. They didn't make any referrals to the Department of Justice to look into anything. This is a big deal. And the legal analysts are only now touching on it. The legal analysts were getting caught up in the former federal prosecutor and federal prosecutor mindset. This isn't about former federal prosecutors and their experience. This is about the Constitution and whether they understand it. The Espionage Act cannot be applied against a former president who removes documents, assuming he did, when he is president. He has plenary power, whether people like it or not. That law was passed in 1917. Presidential Records Act was passed in 1978. That's the truth. That's where we are. Oh, they overcollected evidence. They have many grounds for attacking this, do the Trump lawyers. I saw, and I believe I heard correctly, that Jim Trusty is now part of the Trump legal team. Jim Trusty is a former federal prosecutor, but this is a very sharp man. I don't know him personally, but I've watched his commentary on Fox from time to time when I catch it. He sounds like a man who knows exactly what the hell he's talking about. And I've always been impressed with him. And I'm sure Mr. Trusty knows as much as I do in this sense, particularly since I'm saying it. The Espionage Act is inapplicable. So that's why it's never been used against former presidents. That's why we don't raid the homes of former presidents on the say-so of anybody. That's why a search warrant has never been issued against a former president. Because we're going to wound up with a president's prison. And just so you know, the violation of the Espionage Act is a lot, it's a lot softer trigger than people are suggesting. If you take a document home that has a super duper secret folder on top of it, that's a violation of the Espionage Act. Your home is not secure. The transport from the office to your home is not secure. That document is supposed to go back into the vault. What do you think of that? How many presidents have done that? How many secretaries of state? How many secretaries of defense? Probably the whole damn cabinet. More when I return. I'll be right back. Mark in. 
Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Many of you in this audience are going to be targeted now. Many of you. I love the way the Democrats say, if you're innocent, you have nothing to fear. Doesn't that sound like something that would be said by a fascist or a Marxist? Or maybe said in German, with a German accent, Mr. Producer. If you're innocent, you have nothing to fear. Let us search your house. Let us look in your, in your safe, in your vault. Oh, yes. Nothing to fear. Did you report the right things? Well, I think I did. Section 2015, subsection 48. Roman 1, section A, subsection triple I, footnote 8. You violated the Internal Revenue Code. Now, you're guilty until proven innocent. You're guilty until proven innocent. Well, I did the very best I could. I hired a CPA. It doesn't matter. Did you sign your tax return? Um, yes. Do you know you signed it under penalty of perjury? Well, I kind of had to. I had to pay my... Yes. You did. You committed perjury. What are you talking about? I didn't mean to... You committed perjury. It's right here. You sign it. Here's your. Is that your signature? It's my signature, but no buts. Now, here's the deal. We're going to turn this over to the tax division of the Department of Justice to prosecute you. You owe us the monies that you obviously concealed. I didn't conceal. Excuse us. We're speaking. You're going to pay us the money you concealed, plus penalties, plus interest on the penalties. I don't have that kind of money. Of course you don't. We don't have a debtor's prison, but we have something similar to it. You can rot in prison, or you can plead to a crime. I don't want to plead to a crime. Oh, yes. And we'll work out a payment plan for you. A payment plan? A payment plan? Yes, a payment plan. You're going to ruin my credit? You're going to ruin my life? You're going to destroy my business? A payment plan? That's correct. That's exactly what we're going to do. And what are you going to do about it? 
That's exactly what they've done to the CEO of the Trump Enterprises in New York, who's now, reports have it, thinking of a plea agreement. Because they're throwing the book at him. He's an older man. He doesn't want to go to prison for 20 years. And he has to make a decision. Am I tried in front of a Democrat jury that hates President Trump and hates the Trump organization and therefore will hate me? Or I plead guilty to something. Just like many of the January 6th prisoners. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Yellow, 877-381-3811. Why would any reputable news platform still be bringing on Adam Kingsinger? Who exactly does Adam Kingsinger represent? Even his own family hates him. We know this because he said his family hates him, and for good reason. He couldn't get reelected to dog catcher, which is why he chose not to run again. And losers like Kingsinger wear that like a badge of honor. See me? Uh, I stand out for the rest. I have the courage to stand up. I think Benedict Arnold used to say that as he was taking a boat to Britain after stabbing the, the American colonists in the back. Although the, he's a very interesting story. One day I'll explain it. It's not all as it appears. But that's a whole other story. With a Kingsinger it is. And now his partner, may I say, Dizzy Lizzie Cheney is running in the Republican primary in Wyoming. She's encouraged as many American Marxists as possible to flip over into the Republican Party to taint the Republican Party and to vote for her. Because Dizzy Lizzie has become a Democrat. Make no mistake about it, she's a Democrat. And you know, they say when people, you know, quit smoking, they become more obsessed than others or whatever. And she's a Democrat and she's more obsessed than ever. Isn't she? Anyway, Adam Kingsiger is being interviewed by Wolf Blitzer. Very tough interview. Cut one, go. As you probably know by now, I'm sure you, you've seen this joint FBI Department of Homeland Security bulletin. It's now warning of what they call unprecedented violent threats in the wake of the search of Mar-a-Lago. Now, what's interesting about this is I believe it was Project Veritas that broke this, right, Mr. Producer? I believe so, and we'll have James O'Keefe on the program in literally 10 to 15 minutes. But, of course, the Constipated News Network, and no better picture of that than Wolf Blitzer, quite frankly. He looks like he's in pain every day. He looks like he's had too many bologna sandwiches. 
Uh, but anyway, so so they <coughs> they said the Department of Homeland Security. If you question what took place in Mar-a-Lago, ladies and gentlemen, you're a potential threat. You're a potential threat. Go ahead. President Donald Trump responsible for inciting his supporters. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent, Wolf. So, I mean, I... Hey, Wolf, you bring this guy on, you ask a phony question by putting a question mark after it. Why don't you just get on the air and say, I'm Wolf Blitzer. I'm as stale as a 10-year-old turd. And I believe Donald Trump is inciting his supporters with his comments. Now, among the comments that Donald Trump has put out there is, it's time to lower the temperature or something terrible is going to happen. They act like Donald Trump has all this power. They think he's like Chuck Schumer urging the Democrat Party mob, the Democrat Party militia to attack two Supreme Court justices. They think he's got all this power like Nancy Eva Pelosi. We're in the middle of the riots and the attacks on the Portland police. She accused them of being stormtroopers. Nah, I don't know. Did Blitzer have anything to say about that? Of course not. Go ahead. Posted a thread somebody put up. Ah, Shut up, you idiot. You're a real head case. You need to get some help. Then there's Leon Panetta. They dragged this guy out on CNN as well. Because whatever Leon says is so profound. You know what Leon spell backwards says, don't you, Mr. Bedoser? Noel. Which means nothing in this context anyway. You know what Panetta backwards says, don't you? Atenenop. Look up that one. Anyway, Leon Panetta on the Constipated News Network with a constipated fake tapper. Go. So you're obviously very well versed in dealing with classified material. Former Trump aides are now trying to claim that there was a standing order by the president, Donald Trump, to declassify any document. They're now trying to claim, you see. They're not trying to claim. They said so. Go ahead. Swing for Trump's resident. Is that how declassification works, even with some of the nation's most guarded secrets? Oh, what a great question, Jake. Jake fake tapper. I have a better question. You want to hear fake? Mr. Panetta, did you ever remove any documents, any emails, any text messages, anything? When you left government, you were a CIA director, among other things. Did you ever remove even a piece of paper that you had to return or you still haven't returned? Are you prepared to allow the FBI voluntarily to come into your home, into your business, even set up like the, the Leon Panetta Center for whatever? Yes or no, Mr. Panetta? Now that's what a reporter would say. He has an opportunity now to ask a former senior official. Instead, he asks him about something he knows nothing about, the Constitution. Nothing. And he doesn't ask him about the Constitution. Is that how classified... Hold on. Is that how classified uh, declassification works, even with some of the nation's most guarded secrets? 
See how they ask their questions. Go ahead. That's nonsense. And uh, and he knows it. Uh, the reality is that there is a process for declassifying. You see, there's a process. There's a process and the president must follow this process, according to Leon Pathetica and fake tapper. There is a process. It's set out by regulation, says Leon Pathetica and fake tapper. Excuse me. Is that the president of the United States? I think it is. I think his name was Donald Trump. He doesn't have to follow the regulatory process for declassification or removal of documents. He's the executive branch. That's what it says. Article 2, Section 1, the first sentence. That's why it's never been used against a president. It can be used against Leon Pathetica. It can be used against Hillary Rotten Clinton. It can be used against all of them because they're subordinate to the president. They're not even mentioned in the Constitution. The president is. Right, Andy? My friend Andy McCarthy. Right, John? My friend John Turley. Jonathan Turley, excuse me. Right, everybody? Yes, Mark. That's correct. So everything Leon Pathetica is saying is inapplicable. And the moron, fake tapper, he doesn't understand. But it's time to get Trump. I brought him Pathetica. And my God, I wanted to get Headcase Kingsinger. But Wolf beat me to the punch. Then we bring in John Avalon. Now, John Avalon used to be an assistant to Rudy Giuliani. They're going after Giuliani now. But Avalon is a grifter, in my humble opinion. He's made the complete transition. No, not from a man to a woman or a woman to a man, although who knows? I certainly would not pass judgment if he did. That said, he's a CNN Republican. He's being asked a question by Allison Camarado. Used to work at Fox. Used to ask me on her show all the time. I always said no. Remember that, Allison? She's made a complete transition, too. Cut three, go. John, one of the interesting things is hearing um, Donald Trump explain what happened. And so first he said that um, the FBI basically stole his possessions. And in a different uh, truth social message, he said that the FBI planted the information. So now, the in FBI other words, would never plan information. They didn't do that in the in the case in Michigan, did they, Mr. Producer? No. And they didn't lie on a FISA warrant, did they, Mr. Producer? And they didn't lie about the Russian dossier, did they, Mr. Producer? How dare you question the Federal Bureau of Investigation? Remember when it tapped Martin Luther King? Oh, yes. Remember when they tapped Barry Goldwater? Oh, yes. But that was at the direction of a president. Exactly. Allison, Allison, Allison. And you're asking this moron, Avlon. Go ahead. 20 boxes of highly classified information. Into There's not 20 boxes of highly classified information. Did you read the receipt? Did you read the list? Oh, Allison. I knew you were always a, a dim bulb. I always knew you were stupid. But now it's on display for the entire country as you sit there on the constipated news network and ask, what's his name, Jonathan Avaloni Baloney Tuna Fish. I'll be right back. (laughs) 
Mart Lupin. Right now, every business is trying to nickel and dime you. How much can they squeeze you to offset their increasing costs? It's a mess. That's why I love Pure Talk, my wireless company, and I want it to be your wireless company. Pure Talk drew the line in the sand and said, stop screwing over the American public. So when you sign up with Pure Talk this month, you're going to get their best ever offer, one month free, one month free. You can lock in talk, text, and data on America's most reliable 5G network, for just 30 bucks a month. Plus, get one month free when you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com and enter code Levin Podcast for this special offer. That's L E V I N Podcast. Need another reason? When you choose Pure Talk, you're choosing to support American jobs. You're choosing to support a company whose CEO is a U.S. veteran. And with Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret it. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and get one month free. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard passing reference on CNN by Wolf Blitzer to um, the Department of Homeland Security and FBI Intelligence Bulletin. And, uh, of course, Blitzer asked Kingsinger if these conservatives and conservative groups who are very angry about what's taking place in Mar-a-Lago are a threat to the nation because this is a threat bulletin that goes out by the government rather than asking Kingsinger if this is appropriate. And so this bulletin, as I understand it, was first recovered by Project Veritas and our buddy James O'Keefe. James, how are you, sir? Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me on again. Well, it's important, and it's my pleasure, and I'm sorry that you come under constant attack. Um, James, what's this bulletin all about? Mark, this is a document that was given to us by a source inside the Department of Homeland Security. It's titled Joint Intelligence Bulletin. It's dated August 12th. Um, and it talks about, in light of the Mar-a-Lago FBI raid, this is an internal document for official use only. It was given to us by a source inside DHS after the FBI executed the search warrant in Palm Beach on August 8th. Uh, this document talks about DVEs, uh, domestic violence extremists motivated by a range of ideologies who have grievances against the FBI. So this document, it, you know, it talks about this DVE uh, in light of the um, uh, militia extremism we exposed, the FBI document we exposed just a few weeks ago that Ted Cruz talked about in a Senate hearing, this is an internal document that really is shining a light on on the Department of Homeland Security's view of people with, with ideologies who are upset about what happened, calling them domestic violent extremists. Mm-hmm. And it's people who are rightly upset about what's taking place in this country. Uh, and we're supposed to act like it's not taking place in this country. And uh, I'm starting to think that uh, that the FBI is worse than any time it was under J. Edgar Hoover, because this is an attack on tens of millions of Americans who are repulsed by what's taking place and keeps taking place. No. Well, yes, Mark. And in this that in this document, it says I'm going to quote it here. It says, quote, in recent years. DVEs, that's domestic violent extremists, adhering to different ideologies have coalesced around perceptions of government overreach and election fraud to threaten um, and conduct violence. It even talks about the 2022 midterm elections 
uh, as an additional flashpoint around which to escalate threats against opponents. So they're really grouping here a lot of uh, individuals who may not be violent into these domestic violent extremists. And this is not something that the Department of Homeland Security wants you to see, Mark. This is a private, it's unclassified document. It was given to us by a whistleblower. I know there's a number of whistleblowers that have gone to Jim Jordan and the FBI. Again, this comes on the heels of a source within the FBI who gave us a document saying if you fly the Betsy Ross flag or the Gaston flag, you, you, it's an indication of militant extremism. So the question is, what, what, what the hell is going on at the Department of Homeland Security? And the FBI clearly has outraged people that work for those agencies because they're starting to leak these confidential documents to Project Veritas. And hence, Project Veritas itself previously has been targeted, haven't you? Yes, we were raided by the FBI as well, in addition to Donald Trump, last November. And you've had me on to talk about that. And what's interesting about that, Mark, is that we um, have written a letter to the Attorney General, Merrick Garland, asking him to unseal the affidavit in my FBI raid. And, And just so that your audience is aware, it's the affidavit that we need to see with the raid against Project Veritas and the raid against Trump because the sworn affidavit where we get to see the actual probable cause that led to the raid. And I'm a journalist, and for my government to raid my apartment and take my reporter's notebooks uh, is absolutely unconstitutional. And the only way that the FBI should be able to do that is if we unseal the affidavit. So we posted the letter we sent to Merrick Garland um, and we have it on our website. Um, and in this letter, you know, we say that, um, that you know, we, it's unprecedented. It's never before happened in American history where FBI has raided a journalist. Uh, so we have to know what the evidence is. What, what was the justification for them to point guns at me and take my phones? Because they don't view anyone who disagrees with them as a journalist. They don't view anybody who actually believes in the founding principles as a journalist. And they don't believe actually somebody who practices uh, as a free press, as opposed to part of the, uh, you know, the centipede press where one follows another as a real journalist. And if you don't fall on the line, this is how they conduct their business. Did they ever give you your notebook back? Did they take a copy of your notebook? What do you know? They took my cell phones in November, and, and mm-hmm. what's remarkable is the ACLU has come out to defend Project Veritas Mark, which is a, which is a very left-leaning organization, because even mm-hmm. they say this is outrageous. Um, you know, Garland is clearly carrying water for the Biden administration, and Biden and Garland's raids on journalists critical of their administration sets an anti-American agenda, represents the decline of the free press. I mean, mm-hmm. raiding the president is crossing the Rubicon. It's the same as rating our journalists. And as far as we know, this never, this has never happened before in both cases in American history. They've never, the FBI has never raided a newsroom before project Veritas and they never raided a president before Trump. Um, and we're not aligning ourselves with Trump. Um, but the, the reality is you, you can't, you can't do this without Un- unsealing the probable cause, the evidence, it's self-evident you w- would want to know the reasons for the raid. And you can read the letter we sent to Merrick Garland. We look forward to hearing from Merrick Garland, Mark, and um, we look forward to seeing more whistleblowers come out inside the FBI and the DHS and these agencies. You can, you can go to pro- uh, Veritas Tips at ProtonMail.com. 
We urge you to speak up, to follow your conscience. Uh, we've had many sources come to us within the FBI giving us information, and we urge you agents out there to speak up and follow your conscience because we're, we're really dangerous. We're, we're at a dangerous precedent in this country with, with, with pointed guns at journalists. All right, James O'Keefe, be safe. We really appreciate you, my friend. And Project Veritas is a fantastic group if people wish to support it. Good idea. Take care of yourself. Thank you. I shall return. Right now, every business is trying to nickel and dime you. How much can they squeeze you to offset their increasing costs? It's a mess. That's why I love Pure Talk, my wireless company, and I want it to be your wireless company. Pure Talk drew the line in the sand and said, stop screwing over the American public. So when you sign up with Pure Talk this month, you're going to get their best ever offer, one month free, one month free. You can lock in talk, text, and data on America's most reliable 5G network, for just 30 bucks a month. Plus, get one month free when you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com and enter code Levin Podcast for this special offer. That's L E V I N Podcast. Need another reason? When you choose Pure Talk, you're choosing to support American jobs. You're choosing to support a company whose CEO is a U.S. veteran. And with Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret it. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and get one month free. The Mark Levin Show, the pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now, 877-381-3811. Today, too often, we confuse noise with substance. Too often, we confuse, we confuse setbacks with defeat. Too often, we hand the biggest microphones to the critics and the cynics who delight in declaring failure while those committed to making real progress do the hard work of governing. Making progress in this country is a, as big and complicated as ours clearly is not easy. It's never been easy. But with unwavering conviction, commitment, and patience, progress does come. Your dad was right. And when it does, like today, people's lives are made better and the future becomes brighter and a nation can be transformed. That's what's happening now. I don't want the nation to be transformed. The greatest nation on the face of the earth and the dumbest man to ever be in the Oval Office. Transformed into what? Let me tell you, it's not hard work to destroy a country. It's not hard work to destroy institutions. It's not hard work to destroy the Bill of Rights. It's not hard work to destroy the Constitution generally. It's not hard work to destroy the Supreme Court. It's not hard work to destroy the border. It's not hard work to destroy our energy industry. It's not hard work to destroy our supply chain. It's not hard work to surrender the world to the enemy. Joe Biden just came back from vacationing at a home in South Carolina, a $25 million mansion. The media says nothing. He signs this god-awful bill today, which empowers the central government over so many more aspects of your life and flies off to another beach in Rehoboth Beach 
to his mansion. Hard work, he says. Hard work for him is not falling off a bike. Hard work for him is finishing a sentence. Hard work for him is not taking a crap in his depends, may I say, with all due respect. Transforming the nation, is that what you want, folks? Is that what he ran on? Transforming America? This is what the Marxist claptrap says all the time. We want to transform America. These people are in office. They don't get to transform America. There are limits on their power, but you wouldn't know it. Transform America. That's what getting elected is all about. It's not transforming. It's destroying. Destroying America. Destroying her institutions. Destroying her history. Destroying her prosperity. Destroying her opportunity. Destroying your mobility. Destroying your prosperity, as I said. Unbelievable. Brian Deese, Biden's economic advisor on MSLSD today. You see, MSLSD and the Constipated News Network, as well as the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost, as as well as the networks, NBC, ABC, CBS, the networks, they are the mouthpieces. They are the foghorns for the state. When the state is expanding, when it's centralizing, when it's getting more powerful, think about it. Do you think these media institutions do better when all these things are going on in and around where they are located or in some rural part of the country? These are corporations, nothing more, (laughs) nothing less. The people who they put out front in front of the cameras, they're Democrats, nothing more, nothing less. They're out of the closet, advocates for a radical agenda, nothing more, nothing less. Protected by the very Constitution they despise. They think it only applies to them, these protections. Not to your free speech, not to your freedom of association. Not to presidential powers under Donald Trump, only presidential powers under Biden and Obama. Here's Brian Deese, Biden's economic advisor, on MSLSD today. Cut 11, go. But on the tax side, what is in this bill is quite significant. We will, for the first time, have a corporate minimum tax that makes sure that companies have to pay 15% of their income and the income that they report uh, to Wall Street investors. Now, let's stop just for a minute. What does that mean? Let's say it's a small company that pays no income tax, which is almost none of them. But let's say it is. Why is that the case? Because they're tax cheats? Because they're pigs? Could it be that they had a bad year and they're taking deductions? That's typically what it is. Could it be the opposite? That they had a good year, they're expanding, they're making all kinds of capital investments, so they have all kinds of deductions? Isn't that a good thing? Isn't that a good thing? Isn't it interesting that nobody really looks into these companies that are quote-unquote paying no taxes, which is a minuscule number? But isn't that interesting? 
They're using the tax code, which is incredibly complicated, over a million words. They have all kinds of tax lawyers and accountants. They're taking deductions on new equipment, on new investments, on failed investments. If you're a pharmaceutical company and you pour $10 billion into a project over the course of 10 years and it fails, and you're a small pharmaceutical company, maybe you don't pay any taxes that year. Okay. So now we have a 15% minimum tax. What is that going to do? First of all, it's going to give more money to the federal government, I guess, to hire more agents in some agency or another. Maybe pay more bureaucrats because we know they're not paid enough. Give them better pensions. Who knows what? Or maybe give more money to our government so they can give it to communist China. Because we know everything they do is just superb. 15% minimum tax. Okay. Say we had a very, very bad year. And we have to pay a 15% minimum tax. What are we going to do? We may go broke. It always sounds good, doesn't it? It always sounds great, doesn't it? The Marxist claptrap. Yeah, right. The Marxist claptrap. Go ahead. And so that the, the, the days when companies can say that they've made large profits, but then end up paying nothing in tax because of complicated accounting rules, those are going no, no, to be no, It's not complicated. Let's say they had large profits and they take that money and they reinvest it in their business. Maybe it's drilling. Maybe it's refining. Maybe it's building more structures, infrastructure. Where do you think they're putting this money in their mattresses? Have to put it somewhere. Go ahead. Result of this 15% minimum tax, that's a big step forward. And we're going to invest, make a historic investment in the IRS to make sure that the wealthiest Americans that use complicated accounting and uh, lawyering techniques. These people should be arrested and thrown in jail for what they're doing to you, the American people. This has nothing to do with billionaires or companies. Those 87,000 agents are intended to tame you, to quiet you, to threaten you, to put the fear of God in you. That's what they're intended to do. And that's what they're going to do. When you get a letter or somebody knocks on your door, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? The IRS is an arm of the enforcement state. That's why when they first put out an, an ad for jobs, remember Mr. Producer? To be trained in firearms? I guess they're not for gun control in the federal government. They don't have a flat tax or a national sales tax. They make it as complicated as humanly possible. And then... Even if you pay your taxes, they want to audit you. This man is a demagogue and a propagandist. This Brian Deese, as is Joe Biden and all the rest of them. Even though independent economic organizations, even though the Congressional Budget Office, which is an arm of Congress, says over and over again, yes, people under 
the income level of $400,000 are going to be audited and are going to be taxed. They continue to lie about it. It's the big lie. It's the repetition. It's constant. Notice most of Joe Biden's talk was about climate change. They took a huge chunk of that bill that didn't make it. They slimmed it down and they rammed it through. And from here it only grows and grows. and grows. What's next? They asked Joe Biden. What's next? What else are you going to do on climate change? This is just a little piece of it. Come on. What else are you going to do on pharmaceuticals? You have price controls in place now. Price controls. Price controls. 5150 in the Senate, 220 to 217. And you got you got two dozen Democrats in the House running as moderates and a half a dozen in the Senate running as moderates. Price controls, that's going to kill innovation on cancer drugs, Alzheimer drugs, heart disease drugs, diabetes drugs, and especially people who unfortunately are among those who have these rare killer diseases. There'll be no money spent, none, on trying to find drugs to improve your quality of life or extend it because it won't be there. The government's going to take it. That's reality. That's Britain. That's France. That's Canada. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to escape to? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Right now, every business is trying to nickel and dime you. How much can they squeeze you to offset their increasing costs? It's a mess. That's why I love Pure Talk, my wireless company. And I want it to be your wireless company. Pure Talk drew the line in the sand and said, stop screwing over the American public. So when you sign up with Pure Talk this month, you're going to get their best ever offer. One month free. One month free. You can lock in talk, text, and data on America's most reliable 5G network for just 30 bucks a month. Plus, get one month free when you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com and enter code Levin Podcast for this special offer. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast. Need another reason? When you choose Pure Talk, you're choosing to support American jobs. You're choosing to support a company whose CEO is a U.S. veteran. And with Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret it. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and get one month free. Mr. Producer, is it just me or... I'm working all morning, prepping for radio and Levin TV, all morning, from about 6, 6.30 till about 11. And then I take a shower, because I, I take a shower every day, I have to. Come out of the shower, get dressed, and the FedEx guy came and left. came and left and the package has to be signed this seems to happen to me all the time what am i supposed to do sit there all day what am i supposed to do sit there all day i'm not a marxist i'm not a fascist aka i'm not a democrat i can't sit there all day i've got to do stuff 
And then it says you have to receive it in person or you have to sign in person. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So the same thing's going to happen tomorrow. Same thing's going to happen tomorrow. I have a very busy schedule tomorrow. I have Levin TV. I have uh, to prep for radio. Actually have a workout in the morning. My wife laughs at my work. It's a real workout. Trust me on this. Can you believe this? My wife wants me to live, Mr. Producer. She wants me to eat well and get in shape. You ever hear anything like this before? She says she ran 12 miles the other day. I didn't drive 12 miles the other day. It's an amazing thing. Huh? Yeah, she's a... uh, Marathon runner. And uh, in fact, when we first met, I said, you understand I don't run. Now, all you have to do is look at me and understand that. She said, no, I, I got it. But anyway, it's very frustrating to me. And it's not just, obviously, FedEx could be the UPS guy. I love FedEx. I love UPS. I love these people. But I'm here. You can drop it off. Nobody's going to take it. Nobody's going to take Just put a squiggle or something on there. I know you'll get in trouble. I don't want you to get in trouble. I won't tell anybody. I promise. I won't even tell the FBI. They won't search your house. All right, this coming hour, we have Don Trump Jr. on the program. Don't miss it. I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you a question. Did you know withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government and they report any behavior they think is suspicious. It's true. And I was shocked when I read the secret war on cash from Swiss America. The new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. So you need to read the war on cash. Get your free copy by calling 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492. Or visit SwissAmerica.com. Now, this war on cash is growing daily and also includes all forms of digital money. Please get and read The Secret War on Cash free to my listeners by calling now, 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 with the push of events. I wasn't able to get to something I want to discuss with you. In about 10 minutes or so, Don Trump Jr. will be with us. This is from the New York Post. New York Times cuts ties with freelancer who called for killing Jews like Hitler did. Like Hitler did. Wait a minute. That kind of caught my attention. The New York Times had a freelancer who called for killing Jews like Hitler did? Hmm. This is just a day or two ago. 
Fatty, F-A-D-Y, not F-A-T-T-Y, Fatty Honana, H-A-N-O-N-A, lost his gig as a fixer in the Gaza Strip after pro-Israel watchdog Honest Reporting exposed his violent posts. Fatty Honana, a Palestinian as I understand it, had contributed to reporting on the fighting between the Israelis and Palestinians as recently as last week. Quote, the New York Times had worked with this freelance reporter only in recent weeks. We are no longer doing so, a spokesperson for the gray lady told the New York Post. The Times did not respond to inquiries about whether Honana was vetted and how many articles he contributed to their paper. Honana has since deleted his social media accounts, you know, much like Joy Reid, and could not be reached by the New York Post. Fixers are typically on-the-ground freelancers who help foreign journalists coordinate logistics and translate. In screenshots of the alleged posts on social media, Honana encouraged violence against the Jews, saying he supported, quote, the culture of fighting and killing Israelis. Killing Jews like Hitler did. And some other nice posts and quotes and comments. I'm not buying this New York Times stuff. How the hell do you hire a freelancer and you don't know the person's background? I can assure you, if they had worked for Donald Trump, the New York Times would have known about it. I can assure you, if they'd been a conservative, conservative, a straight-out conservative, the New York Times would have known about it. I can assure you, if they'd been a clerk for Clarence Thomas or Sam Alito, the New York Times would have known about it. They would have checked their background. The New York Times has a habit of overlooking the Holocaust. It's an old habit, but it's a habit. It's like the cartoon that it printed not too long ago, a few years back, of Benjamin Netanyahu and a dog collar with a leash held by Donald Trump. That never, never crossed the minds of any of their multiple overpaid editors in New York or elsewhere. That that is bigoted too. So they have this guy. He's on their payroll. They use him to help the reporters in the Gaza Strip and elsewhere. And uh, he posts these things. He didn't hide them. He didn't hide them. He posted them on uh, social media for the whole public to see. This group saw it, honest reporting. New York Post picked up on it. But the people who hired him did not at the New York Times? What are they, too busy? Too busy attacking Trump supporters? Too busy <coughs> attacking people who paraded and trespassed on January 6th? Too busy attacking me? Too busy attacking whatever it is they do over there at the New York Slimes? What a wretched corporation. Absolutely wretched. But there's more. From our friends at the Free Beacon. Excuse me, I'm wrong, although we do have friends there. 
at JNS, another great news operation. We have a lot of good independent news groups here. Thank goodness. JNS is one of them. Mike Wagenheim. Under pressure to deny an entry visa to Iran's president, the Islamo-Nazi, that's me saying that, the U.S. State Department says it must uphold its commitments to the U.N. under its agreement and arrangement as the host country. What arrangement? What arrangement? The U.S. State Department set to grant a visa to the Iranian Islamo-Nazi for U.N. speech amid assassination plots. They're threatening to kill Pompeo and Bolton. By the way, Bolton's all over TV, further killing his reputation, but this is apart from that. A State Department person told JNS that it is generally obligated under the U.N. headquarters agreement to facilitate travel. By U.N. member representatives, the spokesperson said, we take our obligation under the agreement seriously. It's funny, they don't take the Constitution seriously. At the same time, the Biden administration has not and will not waver in protecting and defending all Americans against threats of violence and terrorism. You have a regime that threatened former Secretary of State Pompeo and others. Former State Department Special Representative to Iran, Brian Hook. Good guy. Now, the Islamo-Nazi leader of Iran has been under U.S. sanctions since November 2019 for complicity in serious human rights violations. We know what they do to gay people and others who disagree with them. But this is a lie. Under President Ronald Reagan, the United States denied a visa to PLO Chairman Yasser Arafat to attend the 1998 U.N. General Assembly, citing national security concerns due to Arafat's leadership of a terror group. What about that? Even Obama turned down a visa request from the Iranian ambassador to the U.N. in 2014. Donald Trump rejected a visa for Iran Foreign Minister Yabadabadu in 2020. That's three presidents. But not Biden. Even though this Iranian regime is threatening former American top, top officials and is celebrating the near stabbing death of Salman Rushdie and is building nuclear weapons targeted at the United States. Is that not remarkable? And before we get to Donald Trump Jr., the Wall Street Journal, U.S. approves nearly all tech exports to China, data shows. The U.S. has identified intensifying technological competition with China as a top national security threat. But a Commerce Department-led process that reviews U.S. tech exports to the country approves almost all requests and has overseen an increase in sales of some particularly important technologies, according to an analysis of trade data. Of the U.S.'s total $125 billion exports to China in 2020, officials required a license for less than half a percent. Commerce Department data shows of that fraction, the agency approved 94 percent, or 2,652 applications for technology exports to communist China. 
The figures omit applications returned without action, meaning their outcomes were uncertain. The result? The U.S. continued to send to communist China an array of semiconductors, aerospace components, artificial intelligence technology, and other items that could be used to advance Beijing's military interests. And they're worried about Trump. And they're worried about Trump's documents. I want you to think about this. Commerce Department says it focused on long-term strategic competition with China, that it makes export control decisions with its interagency partners in the defense, state, and energy departments. Critics say commerce officials are improperly giving priority to U.S. commercial interests over national security, and that an urgent regulatory revamp is necessary to respond to the threat from Beijing. We're being sold out by these American companies to our enemy. We're being sold out by the bureaucrats, the commerce, and other departments. And we're being sold out by top officials. It's one of the reasons they hate Donald Trump. What was it that, that Lenin said? Or maybe it was Khrushchev. We'll sell them the noose that they hang themselves with. I'll be right back. Mark in. You know, it's a pleasure to have my buddy Donald Trump Jr. on the program. It's been a little while, hasn't it, Don? It has, Mark. It has. How's everything going? Well, I'm doing fine, but the country's going to hell, and that's never a good thing, and nobody knows it better than you. So, Don, I want to give you a chance. uh, I've a a front row seat to watching it go to hell in a handbasket, unfortunately. It is is unbelievable. You could never have dreamed this would be going on, could you? Uh, no, uh, it's uh, it's a total disgrace, and you know not just the stuff that they're trying to do to my family or my father, but you know literally every aspect of this. You know, you're reading about you know the Minnesota teachers. Now they're going to decide to uh, simply fire all of the white teachers first. Uh, <laughs> not, mm-hmm. Nothing to do with seniority or tenure or accomplishment. That's just the way things are. Somehow, uh, in the name of you know, equity or equality. Others would call it racism, but, you know, what what, what can you do? Uh, this is happening, and it's happening on our watch, which is why we have to work so diligently to fight back against the insanity. And it's hard to fight back against the insanity, and people ask me all the time, what can we do? We must turn out in droves. We must turn out in droves. We must be strong. We must be our own precinct work workers in our and our uh, block captains and turn out as many people we can and just overwhelm them in the next election, right? Listen, I, I think that's, that's 100% right. I mean, you, you, you've seen what they're doing. Uh, you've seen the sort of the weaponization of a once great and lauded, uh, uh, you know, federal law enforcement, you know, the FBI. I mean, think about it, Mark. This week, or I guess last week now, uh, the FBI with 30 people and the HRT, the hostage rescue team, like, just so your nice. listeners understand, that's like, the SEAL teams of federal law enforcement, right? Like, that's like Delta Force for federal law enforcement. They brought those people because apparently, you know, I guess they were concerned based on the narrative from three weeks prior to that, which was also uh, at least attempted to be disproven by the unselect January 6th committee, where Donald Trump managed to, I guess, single-handedly disarm uh, two very young, heavily armed and fit Secret Service agents to take over the beast. 
uh, to drive to the Capitol. Uh, you know, that's the stuff that's going on right now, Mark. They, they go in with ultra broad subpoenas and Merrick Garland gets on TV to make sure that everyone knows there is equal justice under the law. And yet it doesn't seem that way if you're an actual conservative, you know, what, whether it's Hillary Clinton, uh, Anthony Weiner, whether it's the Epstein uh, documents, whether it's the, you know, the total coincidence, I'm sure that the magistrate that signed off on the warrant was Epstein's lawyer and Obama appointee, uh, this this warrant just magically got on his desk. Total coincidence, Mark, nothing to see here. Uh, but I think if anyone's been watching for the last few years, you realize there is no more coincidence anymore. All of this stuff is very heavily orchestrated. Uh, when they lose control of the narrative, which they've been doing a lot lately on the other side, because it's so ridiculous. Uh, you know, if, if you were a screenwriter in Hollywood writing an action movie, you couldn't come up with something this insane uh, or stupid. Uh, they, they do what they've done for the last few years, which is selectively leak to the media little tidbits that are, you know, end up being disproven in lies like the lie that they didn't, in fact, confiscate his passports, with, which they did, or, you know, the lies about, you know, the nuclear codes or whatever else Donald Trump supposedly had you know, in the documents at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, it, it never ends. But I, I truly hope that in terms of driving people to get out and vote and to overwhelm, uh, whatever nonsense they're going to throw at us. I hope that people are seeing this injustice uh, and and it's motivating them to understand that, you know, we, we've lost control uh, of our country. Uh, the bureaucrats are running things. Uh, they've weaponized uh, every aspect of our government against the people that would push back against that. And that's a very scary proposition. And I think we're seeing that play out before our very eyes. I, you know, I, I know you know that I spend a lot of time on the ground all over uh, America with the real Americans. And I, I can assure you this, they are fed up. And the ones that have been agnostic, the ones that were, you know, sort of politically indifferent and just working hard to feed their families, uh, they get now what's going on. Uh, you know, they, they've woken that sleeping giant, I hope. And again, I can only hope they turn out in droves because there is not equal justice uh, under the law in America today. Uh, excuse me, and you're 100% correct about this. Uh, and here's the other thing. You spent a lot of time at Mar-a-Lago. You spent a lot of time in your youth at Mar-a-Lago. I mean, you got to think about it. I want the American people to think about it. People come into your home. They act like they own your home. They tell the people there to get out of their way. You're not allowed to watch. You have a lawyer. The hell with the lawyer. And they go through all your things. And they go into the first lady's, former first lady's closet. They go into your father's office. They go into wherever they want to go into. The warrant was so broad. I think it was unconstitutional under the Fourth Amendment. And and what's scary about it is they pretend that it's not, right? You get Merrick Garland. He gets on TV and says he wants the utmost transparency. And yet they don't want to release... The affidavits, right? They don't, they don't want to do it. You know, so they say what they're supposed to say on TV with no intention of actually doing that. You know, they, we want transparency. Oh, that's wonderful. Everyone in the media runs with that immediately. Uh, you know, then they don't, act, they don't actually do anything to give you said transparency. That, that would be ridiculous, Mark. Uh, you know, Nora O'Donnell can run, you know, what is it, CBS, and say that they did not take the passports. Oh, yeah, they did. It took us about six minutes to disprove that. And if she was interested in actually doing journalism rather than just immediately 
trying to get some clickbait out there, she probably could have made a phone call and found out that that is not accurate uh, what she was spoon fed. But she didn't want to do that. And the original tweet about them not, in fact, confiscating the passports, which is totally a lie and totally false, still remains up because it's generating clickbait for her, getting her followers as though it's actually real. And we've seen this time and time again, Mark. Last week was nothing more than the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax part 37. You know, we, we've seen this play. Uh, you know, I, I'd love to say that I was shocked and dismayed, uh, but honestly, I've gotten used to it. Uh, I expect nothing less from these, uh, these clowns. Uh, and then when Christopher Ray can get on TV with a straight face and say, it's a disgrace that we would not have the utmost faith in the FBI. Really? After, after the actions of the FBI? Like, have they stopped a terrorist attack? I mean, it feels like every terrorist in America, every school shooter was on their radar uh, for years, but they let them go probably because they checked off some sort of box that made them untouchable uh, by the woke uh, U.S. government. Uh, the only people they didn't touch are actual domestic terrorists, you know, BLM, Antifa. They would never possibly... Don, can I that, hold you over uh, after the break? 100%, Mark. All right. We'll be back... With Donald Trump Jr. He's really, really a good guy. We'll be right back. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. We're here with Donald Trump Jr. Don, your father took on the ruling class like no previous president. He pursued his promises like no previous president. He was incredibly successful, despite the fact that he had these leeches hanging on him left and right. You know, he's waving his arms, trying to shake them. Two unconstitutional impeachments. A criminal investigation without a predicate. Now you got this one in Atlanta. You got one in Albany run by Democrats who are out to get them. We know they are because they've said they are. Then we have this phony January 6th committee, which is Nancy Pelosi's committee. Then we have all the rest of this stuff. I have to ask you, how do you keep your sanity? Uh, You know, again, I I think I've just sort of gotten used to it at this point. You know, I, I think the one thing that's sort of interesting about conservative politics, you have a lot of people that believe, uh, in some of this stuff, you don't have many people that are actually willing to fight back against it. Uh, so, you know, for better or worse, Mark, I, 
I got some of that Trump gene, which is why, you know, I, I don't mind, uh, you know, calling out the FBI. Uh, you know, I, I've been nothing but supportive of law enforcement. And, you know, you have the left side say, oh, look, they're going against law enforcement. No, I'm going against corrupt bureaucrats. And I'm willing to call that out. And even on your show, I'm sure in the past and on others, I, I've always made the distinction between, you know, sort of the bureaucrats at the top and the door kickers, the guys doing the actual work. Uh, that's getting harder and harder to do when you have an agency of tens of thousands of people mm-hmm. and no one says anything. So it's it's promising, though, uh, you know, that Jim Jordan says he's got 14 and I'm sure there could be thousands of others given uh, the insanity and the corruption, uh, you know, at the top levels of these things. So I keep my sanity by saying I got five young kids uh, and I'm fighting for the future of their country, a country I want them to actually be able to recognize when they're older. And right now, uh, that doesn't look very promising. And so we, we have to be engaged. We can no longer, uh, you know, sit by idly and be agnostic. I think that's a lesson for all conservatives. We've we have not done a good job of fighting these battles. There's not many uh, conservative or you know Republican politicians that are willing to take on uh, the mainstream media. You have sort of that Mitt Romney effect, which is oh, it's easy to be in D.C. as a Republican if you cave to the left every time it actually matters. Uh, you know, the Liz Cheney effect. It's it's nice to be invited to the cool person in D.C. And you'll get that invite, even as a Republican, as long as you basically don't do anything that your constituency would want you to do. Uh, you know, that's why, you know, the heroes of CNN and MSNBC on the conservative side are Liz Cheney, Mitt Romney, John McCain, uh, you know, the, the people that have done nothing to actually help, uh, you know, their constituency. And, you know, we have to be willing just to take that heat because we're not in a fair fight right now. And if we don't fight now, it's only going to get worse to the point where one day it will be an insurmountable difference. Uh, I think we're still hanging on uh, by a thread, but we cannot allow this stuff to continue uh, or we lose the republic. You recently lost your mother. Tell America a little bit about your mother. Uh, well, she was an amazing woman, uh, you know, truly one of a kind. And, uh, again, I think it's where I get a lot of my perhaps political leanings. I mean, she, she, you know, whether unintentionally or not, I mean, she escaped, you know, communist Czechoslovakia, uh, because she was a good athlete. She, she escaped with the Czech, you know, national ski team, uh, in, in the mid late seventies, um, you know, got out of communist Czechoslovakia. But one of the things I think, uh, she, with my grandparents, really instilled in me at a young age was to understand how blessed we were to live in this country, Mark. Uh, you know, she sent me over there with my grandfather for six, eight weeks every summer. I spoke the language fluently. I went to communist Czechoslovakia for two months uh, every summer in the early 80s. Uh, I've waited in those bread lines, uh, you know, that the Bernie Sanderses of the world tell you are so glorious. And I can assure you they're anything but. Uh, I've seen what those systems do to good, intelligent, hardworking people, how it zaps any kind of motivation to do anything uh, above and beyond the bare minimum. Uh, And I saw that with my own eyes at a very young age. Uh, You know, I I think it really started and really helped me formulate, uh, you know, the the mindset I have as it relates to, you know, political systems. It it made me appreciate, truly appreciate what we have here in America, because I always found it very ironic uh, that of all the people that are preaching for communism and socialism in America, which seems like at least a vast majority of uh, the Democrats in Congress uh, these days, uh, how many of them have actually like lived in those areas? Uh, how many people that have escaped, uh, whether it was the Eastern Bloc 
in the 80s or, you know, Cuba or Venezuela today. How many of the people that have left those countries are preaching to bring those systems here in America? Uh, and the answer is none. And you would think if these things are so great, Mark, uh, that you'd, you'd have some advocates that actually experience them in the real world, and yet you don't. And so uh, from, you know, I, I got to thank her. I, like, I probably never thought about it much until we got into the political world, but it was, you know, it was that upbringing uh, and, and her experience and her then instilling that experience in me by actually witnessing it for all those years, uh, you know, that really started my political leanings where, you know, I was the son of a billionaire from Manhattan, from New York City. Uh, you know, I was supposed to be a liberal. I went to an Ivy League school, Mark. I, you know, mm-hmm. how am I not a communist? Uh, and it, it started off at a young age. And now it's all because of her. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, and I'm, we're very, very sorry about her passing. And uh, look, we wish you all the best. I hope we'll see you soon, my friend. And uh, we're going to we keep fighting. That. We're not going to surrender. There's no way. I don't believe in the fetal position. So No, no, no. We have no choice, Mark. It's there is too much at stake, and it's all worth fighting for. So we got to be in the game, and I, hopefully everyone else gets in that game with us. And, you know, it's why they fear Trump so much, because he's the only guy that will actually – you know, push back because at this point, I think we have no choice but to drain the swamp. But I mean that by actually firing all of the bureaucrats, by you know, disbanding the three-letter agencies that you know have have amassed far too much power uh, for unelected officials. And you know, we we got to bring that all that crap down um, for for this to survive, in my opinion. And that's why the Democrats and so many Republicans fear your father and fear what he will do because he's actually the biggest constitutionalists in modern history. The government's not supposed to be like this. It's not supposed to be this big. And we're not supposed to be its servants. All right, God bless, my friend. You take care of yourself and my best to your family. You you as well and the best to Julie. Thank you. Take care of yourself. It's tough. uh, no, no, No people should go through this. Nobody. There's a pretty good piece by Rich Lowry in the New York Post. He gets his little shots in at Trump, as you must if you over at National Review. But overall, it's not a bad piece. He says, Merrick Garland looks set to indict Trump despite his glaring conflict of interest. It will be so unimaginable if they would do this. Not because Trump's bigger than the law, but because they're perverting it. They're bastardizing it. And I've told you. Even before this latest episode, I fear the consequences for this country. I fear the consequences. It says, does Attorney General Merrick Garland know that he's investigating the man most likely to be the opponent of the president he serves? Does he realize that the intense political pressure campaign he's under to indict the man has been plainly visible to everyone? Does he care? If we can't know where Garland is ultimately heading in his probe of January 6th and the documents seized by mar largo All indications are that he's preparing the ground for an indictment of Donald Trump. The former president, he says, is inflammatory, mendacious, as a matter of course. But in this case, it is the mild-mannered former judge who came within a hair's breadth of a lifetime appointment to the Supreme Court, was rehearsing for the role of arsonist. And he means by that, burning down our system. An indictment of Trump would be one of the most consequential acts by the Justice Department in decades, I would say, ever. And Garland has a flagrant conflict of interest and will likely have to use an adventurous legal theory to nail Trump. All the same time, the legitimacy of his institution increasingly in doubt. 
And he's right, an adventurous legal theory, because none of what they're doing fits into any of these into any of these crimes. This is not a promising formula, he writes. An attorney general shouldn't consider the prospect of reaping the whirlwind and think, bring it on. The January 6th committee, elected Democrats, and the media have been braying for Garland to move against Trump. President Biden himself has reportedly told aides in private that Garland should indict Trump. Garland faces growing pressure as January 6th investigation widens, the New York Times reported earlier this year. I read that to you. It would take truly cost independence and enormous moral and political courage not to take the path of the least resistance and give in to these voices. Garland appears to be bending, presumably on his way to breaking. It is amazing that he's gotten this far without feeling a prick of conscience about his own status. I've no use for special counsels as a general matter, but how can an attorney general make highly sensitive determinations that will quite probably affect the state of play of the next presidential election without realizing he has a profound conflict of interest. Be one thing if Trump shot someone on Fifth Avenue, a clean, no-doubt crime that wouldn't require any novel theories or difficult-to-probe contentions about his state of mind to prosecute. In contrast, Trump's January 6 offenses involve alleged crimes like obstructing Congress and defrauding the United States that are going to involve tricky questions about his motives and where the legitimate exercise of his power ends and the supposed criminality begins. Needless to say, the country is not prepared to adjudicate such questions in a calm, high-minded manner. Will be the O.J. Simpson trial meets the Hess Chambers case with a presidential race not in the background but very much in the foreground. The fact of the matter is that while Trump's moral blameworthiness for January 6th is not in doubt, I doubt it. His legal culpability is. It's easy to write an op-ed or say on cable TV that Trump incited an insurrection. As a legal matter, though, Trump did not come close to crossing the line to incitement, which has very specific and high standards under the law. Even his infamous Georgia phone call looks very different on the close reading it would get as part of any court case. By the end of the call, his lawyers were only asking that the Secretary of State's office tell them why their count of suspected fraudulent votes was off. Actually, I've read that. We've talked about it. When you read it, he wasn't threatening the Secretary of State. He wasn't demanding that he come up with votes. And yet that's all you read in the press. Larry goes on, in an environment of ever-spiraling political conflict, it's difficult for anyone to exercise forbearance. To realize the most emotionally satisfying course isn't necessarily the correct one. And to be constrained by the public interest, even if that enrages his or her own side. Merrick Garland can still err on the side of statesmanship. He looks set, though, to choose the abyss. The abyss. He's taking us into the abyss, is he? What a bunch of self-righteous bastards over there. Garland and his and his uh, Politburo of Stalinists. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Mr. Producer, to whom shall I speak? Yes. 
XM Satellite, Charlotte, North Carolina. Jim, how are you today, this evening, Jim? Uh, great, Mark. I appreciate you squeezing me in tonight. Hey, you got uh, it. yesterday I heard that I heard that some clown who writes for the Atlantic has declared that I'm a religious extremist because mm-hmm. as a Catholic I carry a rosary in my left pocket. Well, of uh, course. Listening to you talk to James, o- listening yes, sir, yes, listening to you talk to James O'Keefe tonight. I understand I'm a militant extremist because I fly the Betsy Ross 13 star flag at my home here in North Carolina alongside mm-hmm. my Marine Corps flag. So, mm-hmm. uh, Mark, since I sit around President Trump's campfire, which completes the circuit, I guess I've met the requirements. Yeah. considered a well-rounded. You're at the top of the list, like so many of us. Yeah. Oh, great. It's unbelievable. By the way, I have a new name for this Inflation Reduction Act. I'm going to call it the Castration Induction Act. What do you think of that? Uh, I don't think you can get any better than that. That's pretty much it. When it comes to our economy, when it comes to our energy, you know, if you're the communist Chinese, or if you're the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran, there's nobody better who you could have as president of the United States than Joe Biden. Don't you agree? I mean, he's doing the dirty work inside the United States, you know, for these regimes. Effectively, that's what he's doing. He's bought and paid for by the Chinese government anyway. All right, my friend, thank you for your call. Now, that statement might get me in trouble. Maggie Haberman, would you look into this for me, please? Maggie, would you look into Joe Biden paid and bought by the communist regime in China? It's a bold statement I made. I think you can do it. a little bit of digging. It should take you about 30 minutes. It'll all pop up. You can do a whole article on it. But Maggie won't do that. She'll lose her grifter spot at the Constipated News Network. I believe that's where she is, as well as the New York Times. Now, think about that. She's so proud of herself. She works for a newspaper that defended Stalin, whose correspondent in Berlin supported the Third Reich, and whose correspondent goes to the jungles of Cuba to build up Castro. All the lives, all the deaths, the newspaper. That's the corporation she works for. And she's very proud of it. We got to get Trump. You know, he's a dictator. We've never seen anything like this. Sure we have. Your newspaper is a pathetic, disgusting joke. And then its latest anti-Semite is exposed. Not by HR. No. By others. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers, the men and women in Ukraine, the men and women in Taiwan, and you, the American people, the patriots. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow.